0: Welcome to Guarding Your Nest Egg
1: Podcast. Interact anytime with us here on the podcast and even find out more about getting in touch with Mike and the other fiduciaries on the team at Talon Wealth by visiting GuardingYourNestEgg.com. We are going to spotlight the economic data that doesn't quite add up right now and talk about how you can best combat what is ahead with the Fed, interest rates, inflation, and rising taxes on the horizon. But before we get too deep into all of that, Mike, I think we deserve a little bit of fun. So I'm going to start things off a little bit differently. Okay. I mean, you know who Snoop Dogg is, right? Absolutely. Been a well-known rapper since, what, the early 90s and now in all types of business. But hear me out. He is launching his own breakfast cereal. It's called Snoop Loops. (laughs) Made by his food company that already sells other breakfast items under the Mama Snoop brand. Now, a hip-hop entrepreneur, Master P, working on this with him as well, saying it's gluten-free. And as the name implies, it's a take on Fruit Loops, but promises more corn, more flavor, and more marshmallows. So it's basically Fruit Loops meets Lucky Charms, and it's going to hit store shelves soon. And I say I hope because I'll actually try it just for the novelty, but... <laughs>
0: Really, I don't of know. course okay. I would. It's Snoop right. Dogg.
1: Who didn't love him in the '90s a little bit? I mean, now I he hangs out know. with Martha Stewart. He's got to know a little something.
0: He's got. Listen, I'm <laughs> not cooking, a cooking food. Uh, I mean. not a big food. Snoop fan. I couldn't even tell you what he sings exactly. But he
1: sings. He's a rapper. I,
0: Okay, raps. I mean, it's, okay, that's right. He doesn't really sing. It's more talking into the microphone. He's
1: become a pretty but, big entrepreneur, honestly.
0: Well, no, I was going to say I do appreciate the entrepreneur mm-hmm. side of all that. Just because I'm not a fan of his music uh, yeah. or rap music in general, but I the, the entrepreneurship. I mean, I, I don't think Talon's going to have any like food stuff in the future. <laughs> but yeah, there was a time we had bottled
1: bottle yeah. of water with our name on it. So there's that. <laughs> and you've got that Yeti. Well,
0: we were so selling got it, got though. We were giving Th- it away. That's true. That's true. I yeah, well, do know.
1: want to tell you something else. Again, I know this is all kind of silly, but what's cool is a portion of every purchase goes to help feed needy families and the homeless. Yeah. That's something he does with all of his food products. So well, kind That's of cool. fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely. Now on to things that are not cool. Sorry about that. Um, oh, all right. Going to okay. talk yeah. about that whole student loan forgiveness program from Biden. Not
0: cool. So that's why I
1: cool. eased us yeah. in with the cereal and Snoop loops, oh, okay. whatever that is. Because I'm going to need some snoop loops to hide my feelings. (laughs) To Uh, stomach this. You know, uh, I mean, (laughs) this student loan forgiveness program, it is irritating everyone. I mean, if you go on Facebook, wherever it is, you go to the store, you're interacting with anybody, they're complaining about it or cheering about it, depending upon who you're hanging out with. But the White House projects that the program will cost $24 billion per year, which is... $240 billion over the next decade. But according to Susan Rice, the director of Domestic Policy Council, she says the program won't cause further inflation issues. We're on track to cut the federal deficit by more than $1.7 trillion this year, the single largest deficit reduction ever. And numerous experts affirm that restarting paused loan repayments at around the same time as we provide targeted debt relief will not have any
0: meaningful effect on inflation.
1: These people can't balance a checkbook because another spokesperson for the White House considers the plan, quote, fully paid for by the amount of deficit reduction that we're already on track for this year, end
0: quote. We all expect, at least we should, and I think our listeners do, uh, expect politicians to be liars. I mean, we we know they're they're full of crap. It's just, (laughs) it's nicer when they're lying, but just not so obvious about the lie. It's the arrogance behind the statements that are being made. And you're just trying to force feed us just a load of crap. Mm Mm-hmm. And to actually go on TV and talk about it, it's
1: and have a press I think conference. I, think
0: I mean, I don't like any of it, but it's. I'm really irritated by the just the arrogance of like you, you know. It's not even a little bit true. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, it's like 100% a lie. The like, math not even close just does not
1: add up. So yeah. how can you even say this?
0: Yeah, and then yet they, they do it, and whatever.
1: You're where you're at because mm-hmm. they're doing all this, and we're stuck with it.
0: Well, for now, you know. I yeah, mean, um, there's a lot of talk. Right. There's a lot of talk. By the way, shocker, the White House's estimate is the lowest of all estimates. Oh, um, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> the the other estimates are somewhere anywhere between $500 billion to a trillion to pull this off. Um, and I'm right there with the, the people that are really, really upset in the mm-hmm. sense that... They're taking money out of people's pockets who didn't go to college yeah, because maybe they chose not to go to college or they chose, you know, they, they worked instead. And then they're giving it to people who went to college. But when they went to college, they agreed to pay for it. It's a whole thing, and I'm not going to go way down that road. Well, I and think, then you've got it, it, the yeah. other
1: side of it of people yeah. that are maybe in their 40s that I'm seeing on Facebook that are mm-hmm. rejoicing because they just paid off their student loans finally, and going, yeah, really, and suddenly they're going, oh, okay, oh geez, great. yeah, should have waited yeah. on that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, well, you know, I mean, when Katie and I got married way back when, she had tons of. She was uh, she's a
1: doctor, so of course. Well, yeah, I mean,
0: she was in you know school the medical yeah. school and residency and then this and then you know and it just went on and on and on, and so. Yeah, there's plenty of debt there, but we never had the expectation that we wouldn't pay it. Of course. You know? So yeah, the back and forth. But back to how does this affect, other than just really hacking people off, or and certainly our listeners, so just because it makes no sense, how does it affect us long-term? Well, it's more debt. It's mm-hmm. more free money. So you're gonna cancel somebody's loan debt by $10,000. What do you think the college is gonna do with that? They're just gonna raise tuition, right? Okay. So now tuition is gonna be more expensive. Now that's more money got pumped in the economy instead of paying down the debt. And, and it, so it, it's just more problems stacked on to more problems that long-term eventually has to get paid for and they can't define where the money's gonna come from. So it, it hurts all of us and it adds to instability in the economy which then adds to instability in markets. It's on and on and on. And how should you be invested currently? Well, again, we've talked, I think currently, as Talon, we're pessimistic on the market. I don't think it's gonna go up. I think it's gonna go down for the most part for the unforeseeable future. We would wanna be invested in things that do well when markets go down. One option would be inverse investments, which we've talked about already, investments that trade in the opposite direction of the market. Other options would be uh, investing in the market but having some protection on those investments. So if I wanted to be invested in, you know, assume the market was going to do well, I I don't think I'd want to just be, you know, out there without a net or stick my neck out too Mm -hmm. far. I'd want to be invested in the market with some protection. I don't mean annuities. We're not a big fan. But annuities in markets like this, and the reason I wanted to bring it up is they're starting to, raise their ugly head again these people who promote annuities they prey on market volatility and then they turn around and say well hey i've got an option for you how about stock market participation no risk of loss of course that sounds pretty good
1: especially when you're scared about what's going on
0: especially when you're scared so they're preying on fear it's it's scare tactics to promote a product and uh client stories so he's probably listening i won't mention his name but he knows who he is so hi (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you! Uh, if you're listening, but he was in the office last week and he said, listen, my wife's been watching this TV show on Sundays and it's driving me nuts. And it's this advisor and they're talking about bucket strategies. And so it's just driving him crazy, right? Because they're doing these bucket strategies and these buckets are annuities. I always hear about these buckets on these radio shows. Yeah, these buckets are annuities. And so his wife is seeing bucket strategies and wanting to call these people and go find out. And he's telling her no. And he comes to the office, and goes, Mike, can you just give me some talking points <laughs> to go home with about these annuities? Because Mike, I'm afraid she's going to call these people. And I said, all right, listen, I'll give you the pros and the cons. Here's what they will do. Here's what they won't do. And here's why I wouldn't put money in one. Because before I put money in an annuity, I would put it over here in this other account because the other account would still provide, you know, the same amount of protection, but you don't have to lock your money up for 10 years. Don't wanna do that. Yeah, and you're not capped. In other words, same amount of protection, higher return if the market's up and not a 10 year contract. These are other, you know. And so if you just make things simpler and you go, well, I, I realize that that sounds good, but if you compare annuities to everything else that's available, this is a personal opinion, okay? My opinion is, if you were looking at an annuity and then I showed you the other options that were available, I am 100% positive again, in my feeling that you would not pick the annuity now, maybe you would, maybe I'm wrong. I just don't think that would happen. So we would invite anybody who's considering an annuity or who's watching these shows on TV or radio shows before you commit to a long-term contract. Try not to get all of your information from the person who's going to get a commission, right, Mm. to sell you the product. Just give us a call. We'll walk you through it. We'll show you all the investment options. If you go back and get the annuity, that's fine. I would just feel terrible if you got into one of those without knowing what all your options are.
1: Mike and the team at Talon Wealth want to be a resource to those of you near and in retirement. Find the office most convenient to you and interact with the show at guardingyournesteg.com. And most importantly, don't make a decision out of fear. So here's the big question. No, we're not popping the question, but the big question most of our listeners have near retirement is, how do I know if I'm ready? Hmm. According to Nerd Wallet, you need to pay attention to these three signs. Make sure you've faced your fears, that your financial plan has been stress tested, and understand what you're retiring to, not just from. Do you think that's a good gut check, Mike, to know if we're really ready to leave the office or whatever profession for the last time?
0: I mean, that's a conversation that we're having on a weekly basis with with listeners. So, yeah, the first one I think makes sense. Face your fears. It's usually the fear of running out of money, understanding how money works in retirement. It seems kind of simple, but until you actually retire and you're faced with finding a way to convert what you've set aside for retirement into how do I grow it? How do I protect it? How do I get money out of my retirement account into my checking account so I can spend it? Do I have enough and all of that? So, I mean, that's, that's the fear. And I think financial planning can help out a lot with that. We spend a lot of time just walking people through the process of understanding what retirement looks like and how to to go from getting an income from employment to an income from your, your savings has your financial plan been stress tested i'd say most people haven't you know a stress test would be how would your current portfolio or, or your investments how would your investments do in a very good market versus how would your investments do in a very bad market markets can't always be better moving forward -hmm. Than they have been historically, but they also can't always be worse moving forward than they have been historically. So there's a, a median between those two or an average. So we know markets won't always be better. We also know they won't always be worse. They will always be somewhere in between. Unless you have somebody help you measure that and walk you through it, it's a very hard thing to do on your own. So that's part of what we do. And then understand what you're retiring into is. Yeah, I mean, we're going to put all these pieces together for you into a complete financial plan so you understand how they work together. What happens if if we're in a really bad market to your income or taxes and everything else? What about inflation? What if it's a good market? What does the average look like for me? How much can I afford to spend without running out of money? Mm -hmm. All of it goes into a financial plan. What we're looking to do is help you make an informed decision, not tell you to just hang in there moving forward.
1: Well, it's been a few minutes or so, and we haven't talked about the Federal Reserve. And that's felt good, (laughs) but we need to. Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell recently spoke at the annual Central Bank Symposium near Jackson Hole, Wyoming, saying that they will continue raising interest rates until inflation is under control.
0: Reducing inflation is likely to require a sustained period of below-trend growth. Moreover, there will very likely be some softening of labor market conditions. While higher interest rates, slower growth, and softer labor market conditions will bring down inflation, they will also bring some pain to households and businesses. These are the unfortunate costs of reducing inflation. But a failure to restore price stability would mean far greater pain.
1: Now, I know the day he gave this speech, we saw a market decline.
0: Big time, yeah.
1: What are you thinking is best for investors to keep in mind that are nearer in retirement from this latest fed update
0: we did see over a thousand point drop right on that news and i don't know why it was a surprise right so if, if you see the dow jones industrial average off a thousand points that suggests that the market was surprised by the language from those meetings and you take a look at inflation you take a look at what they've been talking about doing and how they're talking about doing it you take a look at gas prices coming down, which obviously that's good for a lot of Americans seeing gas prices come down, but that effectively gets rid of one of the factors that could have reduced inflation. So if people are spending less on gas, then they're spending more in the economy and and all of these things just create more and more and more of a problem. Then you add to it all of this additional spending and the Inflation Reduction Act. And now we've got the college loans. We've got several states out there that are still sending money to people. In Pennsylvania, for example, I think they're talking about a $2,000 check that goes out. Um, for what? If, if, I don't know. Just as a... Hey, gee whiz, things aren't going too well. Inflation's a problem. Fuel's a problem. Here's another $2,000. Well,
1: too bad I don't live in Pennsylvania, um, I guess. <laughs> we don't
0: live in Pennsylvania. I mean, if you're in Pennsylvania, I, I guess you're within a certain income range. Uh, sounds pretty good. But, you know, all of these things just make the the real problem worse Mm -hmm. which is inflation and so going back to I don't understand why markets were surprised by the Fed sticking to their guns because I do believe they are going to have to take a very very firm stance on rates in order to get inflation down because other things aren't helping and so when we're talking to our listeners or when I'm talking to clients Kristen it's interesting that we know, and and it's our job to sort of make sense of all this data that's coming in. And it's our job to make decisions on how the portfolios are gonna be managed based on all this data coming in. The disconnect for I think most people right now is going to be, well, isn't it good news that the employment rate is really high? Or isn't it great news that the unemployment rate is really low? Or isn't it good news that gas prices are coming down? Yes, that is good news, Mm -hmm. but not good news when it comes to inflation, right? Those are all indications that the economy is too hot. If there are too many people working, making too much money, they're going to continue going out and spending it. And the cost of goods and services will continue to be high. So the Fed is looking at that going, all right, well, the long term problems with inflation outweigh shorter term issues with the stock market and the economy and everything else so we need to slow this down and that's why he's saying there's going to be pain companies are going to experience pain individuals are going to experience pain the stock market is most likely going to experience pain so to summarize good news for employment good news for the economy is not good news for inflation and i believe and and we're starting to see that and this is what he was talking about They're stepping and going, no, we have to slow it down. Uh, They actually want the unemployment rate to be higher than it is right now. How do they fix that? Raise interest rates, make it more difficult for companies to be more successful. If companies are less successful, they start laying people off. Is that good for the stock market? No. So take a look at what's likely to happen moving forward. Make adjustments to your plan or your strategy when it comes to investing for retirement based on that. And I suppose you could just hang in there, Kristen, but it's really not what we do. Our clients are typically retired or close to it. Uh I don't recommend hanging in there. I think that's gonna be a pretty rough ride. The key is to first start by understanding your portfolio. Understand what's likely to happen which we believe we are in a recession, but let's say that it's official, we're in a recession and this continues. What if the stock market goes down? How much are you likely to lose if the market goes down 10, 20, 30% versus how much are you likely to make if the market does well? You have to measure that and then come up with a plan based on, nobody knows exactly where the market's going, but if your risk reward isn't very good, if you only stand to make 5 or 10% if markets do well, but you stand to lose 20, 30, 40% of markets do poorly, why would you stay committed right now? And there is no timing, but you can take a look at, well, is this a market I want to be committed to with my life savings? Or is it a market in an economy where maybe I should take a step back and come up with a plan? So what we do is we sit down, start with an analysis of where you are, explain that to you, show you all of your investment options, go over those. And what we're looking to do is help you make an informed decision not tell you to just hang in there moving forward.
1: This is, this is this is this is guarding your nest egg with Mike Lester. Catch up and interact with the show anytime at
0: guardingyournestegg.com. Mike Lester is an investment advisor representative of Talon Private Wealth LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor. Talon Private Wealth and the station are not affiliated. Information presented on this program is believed to be factual and up to date, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Discussions and answers to questions do not involve the rendering of personalized advice, but are limited to the dissemination of general information. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or advisory services. Be sure to consult with a tax professional before implementing any investment strategy.